he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how she is son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice a profound Prajnaparamita. Addressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of a noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. The Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye dhatu, up to no mind dhatu, no dhatu of dharmas, no mind consciousness dhatu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times, by means of Prajnaparamita, fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the surpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train the profound Prajnaparamita. And the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, the whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoice and praise the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Sama <laughs> Bonzo, Zonio, Zi, 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 Zi,
uh, fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, continents, the sun and the moon. Imagine this is a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this room. Hold the palms high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love. And let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready to shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Tanrı'nın ağzı için bu odun numara 
Jebutel So we're again looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and specifically, we're in the section that deals with training the mind in the stage of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity. So looking at that outline uh, under that major heading, training the mind in the stage of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity, we have two points, um, three points rather, um, uh, the actual thought, uh, of a person of small capacity, the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, uh, and then dispelling misconceptions related to a person of small capacity. Uh, that first category, the actual thought, or the actual training of thought uh, is specific. The actual training of thought of a person of small capacity uh, has two categories. First, developing a state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. Uh, and then the second category of relying on a means or a method for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, so under that category of a method or a means for achieving happiness in one's next life, uh, we find two major headings. First, uh, refuge. Uh, and then secondly, karma and its results. So we've gone through refuge and we're currently dealing with the section on karma and its results. And when we look at karma and its results by the way of the outline, we'll find that there are three categories. Reflecting on karma and its results in general, uh, reflecting on karma and its uh, results specifically, uh, and then how one engages in virtue and abandons non-virtue after uh, um, going over karma and its effects in general and specifically. Uh, so uh, that's the third category. So we've gone over uh, reflection of uh, karma and its effects, uh, um, reflection on karma and its effects uh, in, in, general, in generalities. Uh, and now uh, we get into a section uh, that deals with the more specifics uh, of karma uh, and its results. Um, uh, so we find that uh, uh, um, we have eight, uh, um, three categories of, of eight uh, fruitions. Uh, so 
we have the uh, um, uh, when we have the attributes of the fruitions, uh, which we have eight. Uh, we have the effects of the fruitions, which we find eight, uh, and then the causes of the fruitions, which we find eight. Uh, and then when we look uh, um, specifically. Uh, um, at these fruitions, uh, we can find uh, that there are uh, um, um, two self-directed uh, pure attitudes and then two other directed uh, pure attitudes. Uh, um, so uh, we find that any virtue uh, um, uh, that uh, we engage in, uh, um, it, uh, whether it's paying homage, making prostrations, uh, or making offerings, uh, whatever virtue we engage in, uh, if it has these eight, the causes of the fruitions and so forth, then it's the most outstanding type of virtue. So if it has these components that are present here, uh, the causes of the fruitions, then the, the, the virtue itself uh, will be uh, extremely excellent or mo the most excellent kind of virtue that it can be. Um, so. Uh, we'll go over go over these uh, now. So we find that the uh, uh, um, the the causes uh, um, uh, and uh, so we find in the causes of the fruitions uh, and the uh, the and so forth uh, these self and other directed um, attitudes um, that are present. So we're going to go over what that means uh, after. What <laughs> Okay, so we're on page 245 uh, in the English where it says if these eight causes are endowed with three causes, uh, um, uh, pure attitude, pure application, and pure recipient. So that's where Rinpoche is going to start. Okay. <laughs> Namila 
So here uh, it says, if these eight causes are endowed with three causes, so if these eight causes have three causes, the pure attitude, pure application, uh, and pure recipient, uh, their fruitions or their results will be most outstanding. So if uh, these causes also have present uh, these three, uh, then they will be, the result itself will be outstanding. Uh, and it says among the three causes, the two types of pure attitude, self-directed and other, uh, there, are, there are two types of pure attitude, self-directed and other-directed. The two self-directed pure attitudes are. Uh, so these um, are causes uh, that are related to oneself that make the, uh, any of those eight causes uh, uh, arise into a mo most outstanding result. So the first is not hoping for fruition, not hoping for fruition, which is dedicating the virtues uh, for your creation of the causes for unexcelled enlightenment. So here, any virtue that we engage in, uh, whether it is make paying homage or making offerings, uh, any virtue that we engage in, uh, we need to dedicate uh, to the goal of complete Buddhahood, uh, because this is the most outstanding goal. Uh, and when we dedicate, uh, we don't lose that virtue uh, in, until uh, uh, it becomes a cause for our actual Buddhahood, until we arise as a Buddha. Um, and we find in the sutras uh, where the Buddha stated, just like a drop of water in the ocean, 
uh, doesn't become extinguished until the entire ocean uh, is extinguished. Uh, virtues that are dedicated to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment uh, do not diminish uh, or get erased uh, until one achieves that goal of complete Buddhahood. Uh, so we see uh, the importance uh, of making a dedication along with the virtue and then the goal, which is Buddhahood, is the most outstanding result that one can get uh, is an actual Buddhahood. So that virtue uh, that is dedicated for Buddhahood actually gives rise to that Buddhahood and, and then that is the most outstanding result that can happen. So we say that if these eight causes are endowed with these three causes, uh, so if, if uh, they are dedicated towards that goal, then they become the cause for that, that specific goal and do not extinguish uh, until that goal is reached. Uh, and then the next is uh, intense uh, power, which is achieving the causes from the depths of your heart. Uh, so you're doing this with a, uh, um, uh, this intense amount of, of power. You have a very strong feeling about uh, this activity that you're doing and dedicating this activity. So uh, these both are the um, self-born uh, or self-directed causes. Uh, and then we have the other directed causes. It says two other directed uh, pure attitudes are abandoning jealousy, competitiveness, and contempt when you see fellow practitioners of teaching who are better, equal, or less than yourself and admiring them. Uh, so here, uh, and then even if you are unable to do the above, discerning many times every day that you must do it. So here, this is referring to rejoicing uh, in the good uh, that others have done and not becoming jealous or competitive with them, uh, uh, no matter what level of a practitioner they are on. Uh, so here, uh, we can see the importance of rejoicing, uh, and Lama Tsongkhapa has stated, if asked what is the easiest way to uh, achieve virtue or to uh, get virtue, and Lama Tsongkhapa said rejoicing uh, um, is the easiest way to achieve a large amount of virtue with a very amount, small amount of effort. Uh, so it was, the quite, the, uh, it was relating to the amount of effort, and Lama Tsongkhapa says the most effortless thing we can do uh, which has the most valuable or the most uh, uh, amount of virtue is rejoicing. Uh, so uh, we, we see that that uh, quote from Lama Tsongkhapa kind of connects with this uh, to show us uh, um, that uh, the rejoicing becomes a, a great or a most outstanding uh, virtue when it's coupled with these other things. Uh, and then uh, if we aren't able to rejoice in, in the good that others have done, uh, then we at least want to be able to. Uh, so we set it in our minds over and over again that we want to be able to get to the point where we don't have this competitiveness, where we don't, um, uh, where we we can actually rejoice in the good, however small or big it may be, of of others. Uh, so uh, these are the two other directed attitudes. Uh, so virtue that we've um, uh, dedicated to complete enlightenment continues to uh, give us uh, a fruition. Uh, it doesn't just go away, whereas virtue that's not dedicated 
um, just goes away as soon as it gives rise to some sort of experience. So that kind of virtue is compared to a banana tree. A banana tree grows, produces its fruit, uh, and then it perishes. It's not a tree that continues to produce fruit over and over again, whereas a mango tree continues to produce fruit over and over again. So dedicated virtue is compared to a mango tree that continuously uh, produces these fruits, and undedicated virtue is compared to uh, a banana tree that only gives rise to its whatever related concordant uh, experience it is. Uh, so when we dedicate our virtue, uh, it will continue to aid us to the eventual goal that it becomes the cause for of Buddhahood. Um, so uh, that's it. Think so. So there's another story uh, during the time of Buddha where Buddha was invited to a very large feast. Uh, and at this feast, uh, um, the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, and this uh, king, the Jelbo, a king mm -hmm. put this grand feast on for the Buddha uh, with an enormous amount of food and offerings and so forth. Uh, and when the Buddha arrived, he made an offering of all of the uh, food and so forth that the king had offered to the Buddha. So as soon as he was done offering these things, uh, he then dedicated uh, the virtue uh, to uh, this man that wasn't there, a very poor man who was in the alley. Uh, and the, this poor man uh, was rejoicing in the good that this king had done, uh, rejoicing in the fact that he had made offerings to the Buddha. Uh, so when the king asked the Buddha what the reason was for him dedicating all of the virtue to this poor man in the alley who had nothing to do with uh, these offerings and so forth, the Buddha said that you are full of pride, uh, and this then does not become a large virtue for you. But the man, poor man uh, in the alley has been rejoicing in this good that you've done. So he actually receives the most amount of virtue, not you, because his attitude was correct, his motivation was pure, his rejoicing was good. You did this out of pride, so this is why I dedicated it to him. Uh, so we can see uh, in this story uh, um, that rejoicing uh, uh, in, a, in a rejoicing properly uh, has a large amount of benefit. Gawa 
ตาเจียนละตัวบันเนี่ยเจียนตาตัวบันเนี่ยบลตัวบันเนี่ยตัวเล่นสากินสุเลยอันนี้ชุดตัวบันเนี่ยบาเยบิเชราเรอันนี้
Sinkala so this pure recipient word is referring to pure field. Uh, um, so uh, pure field is so-called because those two, attitude and application, are similar to a field in that they give effects that are numerous and good. So this, it's a pure field because it gives rise to uh, the effect of the higher realms, gives rise to the effect of liberation, gives rise to the effect which is Buddhahood. Uh, so, excuse me, uh, therefore it is called a, a, a pure field. I have explained these three by way of a commentary that supplements what Asanga says in the Bodhisattva levels. So then, if one is to ask, where do we find the eight attributes of the fruitions, the eight effects of the fruitions, the eight causes of the fruitions, the uh, um, three, the three causes that make them endowed 
that if and in, in the three causes that uh, um, if if the eight causes have these three causes, which are pure attitude, pure application, and pure recipient, uh, then they uh, create an outstanding virtue. And then we have the pure attitude, which has self-directed and other-directed, pure application, which has self-directed and other-directed, uh, and then uh, pure field or pure recipient, uh, which only has a pure field, is just the, its own category. So we have these three. Uh, so where is this information found? Where do we find all of this? And we find this in Asanga's uh, uh, bodhisattva uh, levels, uh, um, uh, which is uh, part of the collection of, of texts on the, um, the levels, uh, the uh, sadhana, the five treatises on the levels, or the five treatises on the grounds. Uh, so this falls categorically uh, into that uh, that. Five treated the So we've gone over <coughs> reflection on karma and its effects in general, uh, and now we've gone over reflecting on karma and its effects. Specific, uh, specifically, and now we've reached how you engage in virtue uh, and turn away from non-virtue after you've reflected on karma and its effects uh, in general uh, and in in detail. Okay, so we're on page 247 uh, in the English. ตาสมบัติสานะยุทธะชาตุลาสมบัติสานะสานะยุทธะชาตุลาจิตมิสัจจะญีโดวะจิตเตมปะตังตะเนจิตเตมปะตังเชบระโตตุจิจังยังบิ
so the first category for Jamian Sheba is uh, reflecting day and night uh, on uh, uh, karma and its results. Um, so, uh, so that one wishes to be free from suffering uh, and its causes. So, uh, so this reflection uh, is meant to be able to produce a desire uh, to definitely emerge. So one thinks about uh, black actions and their results, recognizes that black actions, non-virtuous actions lead to suffering, lead to the lower realms of hell and so forth, uh, and that white actions, and, uh, and then reflect on white actions and their results and recognize that the higher realms of cyclic existence uh, are caused by white actions or virtuous actions. Uh, so once one begins to reflect on uh, what, what black actions give rise to and what white actions give rise to, then one will want to be free uh, from the causes of the suffering. And in this case, we're speaking of the suffering of the lower realms. Translators note, we're in the small scope section. Uh, so one uh, then wants to be free from the causes of suffering, here suffering being the lower realms of cyclic existence, uh, and then has this renunciation that is manifest uh, because of this desire uh, to emerge from suffering and the, its causes. Uh, so the first category that Jayan Sheba has is day and night uh, reflecting on uh, the uh, karma and its results. <laughs> ドゲシェバシャ、ドゲラドゲイマテシェブウス。ティジョ、コンジョトポンウス。コンジョポンシャス、ドゲシェバシャ、コンジョポンシャス。アナゴバンゴテジャラ、ゴバシャス。ワテ
so one looks at the causes of suffering, which are non-virtue, uh, and then wishes to abandon them, uh, uh, wishes to be free from those lower realms of suffering, so wishes to abandon them. Uh, so that's that second noble truth, uh, where the Buddha stated that origin is to be abandoned. And then in dependence upon that, one is able to then engage in that path, uh, which is to be cultivated, uh, and then achieve a state of cessation, uh, a freedom from suffering altogether, a cessation uh, of suffering. So we find that uh, these points that are made uh, um, fit very well within the framework of the Four Noble Truths and in in that specifically uh, that explanation that was given uh, as a translator's note by way of those three times, uh, the three ways that the Buddha stated those Four Noble Truths. So that second way uh, is very similar here, where suffering is to be understood, origins to be abandoned, and so forth. So here we have, uh, from non-virtue comes suffering, etc. So this, that's the starting point here as well. Antidote. So the four noble truths that were explained in these three ways. So first he stated, the Buddha stated, this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, and this is the superior truth of path. So this was the explanation according to nature. Uh, and then uh, the suffering is to be understood. Uh, cessation, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, origin is to be abandoned, cessation is to be achieved, and path is to be cultivated or relied upon. Uh, this is uh, according to application or uh, 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 according to um, uh, yeah, uh, application. Or, uh, and then the, the Buddha stated uh, suffering. Uh, there is no suffering to understand, there is no origin to abandon, uh, there is no cessation to achieve, and there is no path to rely upon. Uh, and this is according to the uh, um, uh, resultant nature, the ultimate nature. So uh, um, these, the Buddha explained the Four Noble Truths in these three different ways. And there might be more technical terms for each of those categories, so we can look that up. But uh, it's what I'm translating it as and what it sounds like. Um, but there are these three categories according to nature, according to application, or according to uh, understanding, and then uh, the next category uh, of the ultimate nature. <laughs> What does Rabu do? 
so then, uh, if we look then at the Lamrim Dudun, uh, the Lamad Sunkapa's abbreviated stages on the path, we find a similar uh, point that's made. It says, if you do not make an effort to think about true sufferings and their drawbacks, you will not properly properly develop a keen interest to work for liberation. If you do not consider the stages whereby true origins of all suffering take uh, suffering place and keep you in cyclic existence, you will not know the means for cutting the root of this vicious circle. Therefore, you should cherish exuding total disgust and renunciation of such existence while knowing which factors bind you to its wheel. I, the yogi, have practiced just that. If you would also seek liberation, please cultivate yourself in the same way. <laughs> Shunjule so then we the first part of the general explanation uh, we find a quote from uh, uh, the guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. And I, what I just asked Rinpoche is, is because we're in the small scope section, is this quote, the suffering, specifically speaking of the suffering of the lower realms, uh, this quote itself uh, is referring to all of the types of suffering, the suffering of the lower realms, but then also the suffering of cyclic existence, and then even the suffering uh, uh, of the obstructions to omniscience. So uh, it could refer to, even though it's in the small scope section, uh, it could refer to in this case, because this quote isn't specifically in the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life in a small scope section, this quote can be referring to all of those types of suffering. So just as a note, that's just what I asked Rinpoche, and I like to translate what questions that I'm having with Rinpoche. So how, uh, from non-virtue... Uh, comes suffering. How can I truly be free of this? 
it is fitting that at all times, day and night, I think of only this. So this is thinking of non-virtue. So here, non-virtue is referring to the ten non-virtues. Uh, so we reflect on what those non-virtuous deeds are. We, uh, so first, uh, the suffering is to be understood. So the Buddha first stated, this is the superior truth of suffering. Suffering is to be understood. So then we uh, first understand... Uh, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry... Uh, so the Buddha, I, I mix that up. That's the second part. I apologize. So uh, from non-virtue comes suffering. Uh, so the non-virtue here is referring to such deeds as the ten non-virtuous activities. And what non-virtuous activities give rise to are suffering. So here we have to uh, look at the words uh, and understand what non-virtue refers to. So we know that the non-virtue is referring to the ten non-virtues uh, and so forth. Comes suffering. What is suffering? So the Buddha stated suffering is to be understood at the first noble truth where he said this is the superior truth of suffering. Suffering is to be understood. Uh, so this word suffering, there's suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death. Uh, uh, suffering of suffering, suffering of change, etc. Uh, so we examine that word and figure out what that is, uh, and then we wish to emerge from it. We get a desire to emerge because we're reflecting on this relationship between uh, um, non-virtue uh, and suffering and reflecting on the suffering itself and wanting to be free from it. Uh, so then uh, uh, we engage in the practices which will allow us to do that, but we first have to understand what those words mean, what non-virtue is, what suffering is, uh, and then by thinking day and night about this, we'll wish to uh, uh, be free. Dixon. So from non-virtue comes out this is referring to, this is the superior truth of origin. From non-virtue comes suffering. So this is the superior truth of origin. That's been pointed out here. Then? So then comes suffering. What is suffering? There's uh, uh, the suffering of change, the suffering, uh, uh, suffering of suffering, pervasive compounded suffering. How can I be truly be free of this? Here we have the superior truth of path and the superior truth of origin represented here. How can I be free from this? The freedom from this, how? We have the two, the path and cessation there. So in dependence upon familiarization uh, with the path, uh, one is able to achieve cessation, uh, achieve this freedom from, the cessation of, through familiarization or cultivation of the path. Mm. So we have the Four Noble Truths. We could look at them according to the small scope. We could look at them according to the medium scope and so forth. 
so we could look at them in terms of those two ways in, in this case. Uh, so when we look at it in terms of the small the um, small capacity, this is a very coarse way of looking at those. When we're looking at it in terms of the medium capacity, this is a very subtle way of looking at them. So if we think about this at all times, day and night, um, then if we are focused on it, I think only of this, then we will have the arisal of the desire to definitely emerge. Then we will have renunciation uh, um, arise, uh, the realization of renunciation. Then Gewa at Sawa Guardian and Puik Gewa at Sawa Guardian. Sawa Mapa, Okay. Uh, where the sage has said that conviction is the root of all virtues and to constantly meditate on fruitional effects uh, is the root of conviction. So this, I asked Rinpoche this word conviction in Tibetan, what does it mean? Uh, just to make sure that it coincides with ours. And Rinpoche said it's a joy you like doing virtue. Uh, so this conviction in virtue is, means that you really like 
doing virtue uh, and for the word in the Tibetan. So you find joy in virtue. Uh, so, so it says to constantly meditate on the fruitional effects. So if we look at the fruitional effects uh, of virtuous deeds, uh, we would say in terms of the throwing or projecting results, virtue gives rise to the higher realms of cyclic existence. Uh, so the fruitional effect is that it gives rise to uh, um, a higher realm either the uh, humans or God's realm of existence. So that would be uh, um, what the fruitional effect of virtue is. And then the non-fruitional effect of non-virtue uh, is that one is born into the lower realms of cyclic existence. Uh, so one is projected, uh, has a projecting karma or a throwing karma which uh, um, causes them to have this experience of a lower realm rebirth, hell-hungry ghost animal. Um, so uh, this is the, what the fruitional effect is re referring to. Uh, and then the Jutungi Depo, which you guard some prey. Me <laughs> Uh, so one likes to uh, engage in virtue. So uh, this is what is meant. Uh, um, so we have, uh, when we look at the arisal of the experience itself, which is projected as far as the realm one is born into, virtue gives rise to the higher realms, non-virtue gives rise to the lower realm, and that's fixed. That projecting karma is fixed. The completing karma is not fixed because of the fact that in those existences, there are both wanted and unwanted experience. The wanted experiences of happiness, the unwanted experiences of suffering. So we find in a human realm, for instance, uh, the karma change. So in the human realm of cyclic existence, 
we have wanted and unwanted experiences. Wanted experiences being happy, the unwanted experiences such as uh, having imperfect faculties or withered limbs or uh, having some kind of a problem would be uh, unwanted and caused by uh, um, non-virtue. So virtue causing our wanted experience, non-virtue causing our unwanted experience, uh, and, and so forth. So that completing karma is not fixed. Uh, so uh, this is uh, how we, we have uh, these arisals uh, uh, of experience uh, and so forth. It's based on uh, the actions that we engage in uh, and then the results that they give rise to. Okay, Deekson. Uh, we'll take a short break. Okay. ว่าดันตางาจูจิตเนี่ยบ่จิตเนี่ยบ่ตะลอดเดจอยจิบิซาจิซาจิจิงนานเนี่ยตามุตะลอดเดตางเงินลูกสามบัจจิอากะทาว
ในยุคสมัยเจ้าท่านได้ที่ในยุคสมัยท่านโอเคโซเอ่อเมื่อเราดูจากยานเชบะสัจเจตัมโบเดเดเนจงอิทัพลิมิงในยุคสมัยเจ
what the fruitional results are, what the uh, causally concordant results are, what the environmental results are uh, as presented by the Buddha. And categorically, these things fall into the extremely hidden phenomena category. When we look at phenomena, uh, we have hidden phenomena, uh, and then we have extremely hidden phenomena. And an extremely hidden phenomena has to be understood uh, by way of faith, by way of faith of conviction. Uh, and you gain that faith of conviction in uh, very hidden phenomena, to topics that are very hidden phenomena presented by the Buddha, uh, by looking in other areas uh, and recognizing the validity of those points uh, and then coming to the conclusion that the other points that are presented must have the same validity if the uh, um, presentation related to hidden phenomena uh, is accurate. Uh, so in Arya Deva's 400 verses, we find a quote that says, uh, if you are having any kind of doubts about the presentation the Buddha gave about extremely hidden phenomena, look towards topics that are hidden, such as uh, emptiness and so forth, and this will uh, give you confidence, or this will give you confidence in what the other things Buddha said. Uh, what this is referring to is by studying things such as emptiness and so forth, you can come to the conclusion that the that Buddha's other statements are valid because these points which are made, uh, one can use logic to conclude. Uh, so you then can't use logic to uh, conclude that there are these extremely hidden phenomenons. You have to use the logic uh, that says these other points are true, uh, so therefore this is as well. Um, so that is uh, what is meant by that. So when we look at fruitional effects, when we look at what virtue does, virtue gives rise to happiness. Get virtue gives rise to the higher realms of cyclic existence. Non-virtue gives rise to suffering. Non-virtue gives rise to the lower realms uh, of cyclic existence. So by constantly reflecting on these things, one will find a joy in doing virtue because of the recognition of what non-virtue does. So one will have this conviction uh, uh, related to engaging uh, in virtue. Um, so, uh, um, then it says, thus having understood uh, black and white karma and their effects, um, so in, it speaks of black and white karma. Here in the book it says, again, non-virtue and virtue, but the reason I said black and white karma, because Rinpoche said this, when we look at the, uh, um, the foundation of all good qualities, or Lama Tsongkhapa's source of all my good, uh, where it says, uh, it goes over, uh, um, uh, white and black actions and what those deeds will bring to me follow always close behind as certain as my shadow. Uh, so here this is relating that same point, what those deeds will bring to me. Uh, black and white karma and their results, what those deeds will bring to me. Uh, so their results are what they bring. Uh, so uh, Rinpoche mentioned that. Do not leave it uh, at just an understanding uh, but meditate on it over and over because this is a very obscure subject and it is difficult uh, to acquire certainty about. So here, uh, this is a, this obscure subject, very obscure subject, uh, they're using obscure instead of hidden. Uh, so this word here is very hidden phenomena or very hidden subject. Uh, 
Um, so that's what we, we were referring to, going back to uh, the Arya Davis quote and how we can uh, ha um, come to the conclusion that this very obscure subject, that from virtue comes happiness, from non-virtue comes suffering, from virtue come the higher realms, uh, from non-virtue come the lower realms. Projecting karma is fixed. Virtue is projecting karma causing the higher realms. Uh, Non-virtue is projecting karma creating the lower realms uh, and so forth. So these points that are made relating to black and white karma and their results are very hidden. Uh, so one has to meditate over and over uh, on them in order to acquire the certainty about it. What is certainty about it? Uh, certainty at this level is speaking of faith. Faith and conviction about this relationship between good actions and their results and bad actions and their results. Uh, so I think that's it. everything, like conviction, going virtue, judo, everything. I think so. <coughs> <coughs> Then ね、しめとけ arrived at using a correct sign. Uh, it cannot be arrived at through direct valid cognition. Uh, categorically fall under this extremely hidden phenomena or extremely obscure phenomenon. So uh, that's, that's what qualifies it as an extremely hidden phenomenon, that it can't be deduced by logic, can't be recognized by direct valid uh, cognition. Um, so. Uh, um, uh, so this is uh, what it is, uh, what um, this kind of phenomena is. So when we look at karma and its results, it's very hidden. So when we went through karma and its results, we went through an, a very large amount of information about it. Uh, we went through uh, um, the, 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 the karma um, that is certain to experience, uh, karma that you uh, um, is not certain. Uh, Karma that is uh, not certain to experience. Uh, we went through uh, causal fruitional results and causally concordant results. Uh, it, we went through the, the strength of the karmas, uh, strength in terms of uh, recipient, uh, strength in terms of support, uh, strength in terms of objects, strength in terms of attitude. So all of these points that were made are all points that are very hidden. Uh, related to karma, uh, what the various strengths are of it, uh, and so forth, uh, and the distinctions uh, based on uh, 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 weight and so forth. So 
we went through all of these, the fruitional effects, the causally concordant effects, environmental effects. So we went through many, uh, white karma, black karma, throwing karma, uh, or projecting karma that is fixed, uh, completing karma that is not fixed. So all of these categories of karma and all of these points that we went over and over again are all very or extremely hidden points that are made, these connections between actions and results and what makes them stronger, what makes them, uh, etc., what makes them stronger, etc. Uh, so these are all things that have to be realized by uh, this faith, faith of conviction, uh, based on uh, other points that are made that validate this statement that the Buddha made. So, ま、どうしたんだろうね、ブルートゥーマレ。あ、ね、とそこから、かれ、シェゴーズな、ジミロンショティジティシブロンシュージェ。なんか天地とのもろはいて、ジマタンはなってね、ロンションジョンソンバ
uh, in this case. Why is it an extremely hidden phenomena? It's an extremely hidden phenomena because it cannot be realized uh, by use uh, of a correct sign, uh, um, by dion dot or use of a correct signs, uh, and uh, it can't be realized uh, by direct valid cognition. Uh, so it has to be realized um, by uh, inference, uh, so inferential uh, valid uh, cognition. So when we look at uh, the different types uh, of uh, um, uh, inf uh, inferential uh, valid cognition, there are three uh, different types. There is inference uh, through belief, which this categorically falls under, the Yichijebog, which is a, a belief or faith uh, in it. Uh, inference uh, through renown, Japi Jepog, which is uh, uh, the second, uh, and then inference by the power of the, the, the um, uh, um, fact, uh, the Dutot Jepog, the inference through the power of the fact. So uh, categorically, one can arrive at this uh, non-mistaken understanding through this inference, but one has to rely upon faith uh, or belief. Uh, um, so one concludes based on this belief that he or she can infer that this is true. Uh, so it becomes uh, incontrovertible at that point uh, because it is realized uh, based upon uh, these other points uh, that are made. Uh, <laughs> So we have all of these things in our lives. We have houses, we have cars, we have food, we have drinks. All of these things are called enjoyments. These enjoyments are caused by previous generosity. This is the result of generosity. で、いや、that's so then when we look at this point, uh, from generosity comes the enjoyments. We can see the enjoyments, but if we were to try to figure out who created that virtue uh, in previous times, in previous life, uh, was that person a god? Was that person a human? Was that person tall? Was that person short? Uh, um, uh, uh, where did they live uh, and what was their name when we look at all of these points these are very uh, extremely uh, very or extremely hidden phenomena uh, and that fall into this category so the enjoyments are manifest but where those came from by who and how and so forth uh, can't be realized at that 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 outer level um, it's it's necessary to have this uh, inference through belief <coughs> Then I think I should 
So it says from uh, um, um, ethics comes happiness. So here happiness is the higher realms of cyclic existence. So it was, who created this ethics? Was it a god? Was it a human? Where were they? Uh, this is extremely uh, hidden uh, phenomena. And then uh, Rinpoche, before Rinpoche, I just wanted to translate something because he did it in a dialectical style. Uh, so if... Uh, um, if uh, a being is in a human realm, uh, he or she has uh, virtuous protecting... Why does he or she have virtuous uh, projecting karma? Uh, because they are in the higher realms, because they are a human. Uh, if there is a being in the uh, lower realms, why do they have non-virtuous projecting karma? Uh, because they are uh, in the lower realms. Uh, because they are, uh, we'll pick a, an animal, because they are an animal. Uh, so these are uh, how we posit reasons for uh, what we're stating. Uh, so Rinpoche, about three translations ago, mentioned that um, in, in how you use correct signs to show that that's accurate. Uh, this person has virtuous projecting karma. Why? Because they're in the higher realm. Why? Because they're a human. This, this animal has non-virtuous projecting karma. Why? Because they're in the lower realms. Why? Because they're an animal. So why is, this, uh, why is this valid where there is a statement that says from generosity the enjoyments from ethics becomes the uh, um, happiness? Why is this valid? Uh, because it was stated in scripture, because it was presented there, uh, and then one <coughs> looks at other things and analyzes them and then comes to the conclusion uh, that uh, this is also valid because of the faith that is gained through investigation. Uh, so one has this faith of conviction that's gained through investigation of these other things, and then one can say, because it's presented in Scripture, it is necessarily so. So when we look at mothers, 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 fathers, 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 is this an extremely hidden phenomena? So this is something we have to think about. So if someone were to ask you uh, what second in the minute of the hour did you wake up this morning? At what second was that? Uh, you wouldn't be able to answer. So this would be extremely hidden phenomena. This isn't something that you could just conclude. Or, or what second was it when you woke up? 
so if we think about it like this, then there are a lot of things that are extremely hidden phenomena. So vert <coughs> black actions in their results categorically fall under extremely hidden phenomena. Thus, having understood black and white karma and their effects, do not leave it as just an understanding, but meditate on it over and over again, because this is very obscure subject, uh, extremely hidden subject, and it is difficult to acquire certainty about. So because you, you, it is an extremely hidden phenomenon, it's hard to understand clearly or be certain about. So you have to do it over and over again. Okay, so the next category in Jayan Sheba's text is that it is the Buddha alone who has explained karma and its results, and without the Buddha's explanation, one will not be able to understand. Uh, so this is the next category uh, that's presented. Now we have a quote from the King of Concentration Sutra. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sashilas, <laughs> 
so we're under this category about the Buddha is the only uh, um, who, who is given this presentation. Uh, and this presentation is truth. Uh, this, uh, this presentation is Demba, is truth. Uh, where the moon, so we have a quote from the King of Concentration Sutra. Where the moon and the stars to fall from their place, and the earth with its mountains and cities to perish, or the realm of the sky to completely transform, you, Buddha, still would not speak a word of untruth. Uh, so this is the, the, how, the substantial uh, essence or the true essence uh, 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 of the Buddha's words, or that the uh, not the true essence, that the essence of the Buddha's words are always true. Thus, have conviction in the teachings of the Tathagata, uh, and then uh, sustain your meditation on them. So, specifically, the teachings of the Tathagata. The Tathagata alone has presented these things that are truth. Uh, so, uh, this is the second category uh, of Jayan Sheva's presentation. This one. Mother, So the Buddha, even if the moon and the stars fell out of the sky, they fell down, uh, and all of the mountains and the earth went away, perished. Uh, um, uh, or the sky itself transformed into something else, no matter what happens, the Buddha would not speak a word of untruth. So no matter what happens, the Buddha wouldn't lie. So if you do not develop this faith and conviction, then you'll not be able to understand completely uh, black actions, black and white actions and their results. Uh, so if you don't arrive at this point of faith and conviction, uh, you won't have this full uh, understanding. So the next, the second category is that the Buddha is the alone, the one who has spoke of this karma and its results, and it's extremely hidden phenomena. Uh, so therefore, without reliance upon the Buddha, who is the sole speaker of this, one cannot understand it. Okay. So uh, that's, the second, uh, that's the second. Uh, we're not going to get into the third today. Uh, Rinpoche said we can end here uh, unless someone has a question. Uh, if not, we'll uh, move on. Yes, Stasha. 
That's a joy, is it? Mm. Oh, yeah. It's short. Um, in thinking or um, reading some of the prayers, um, going over the confession prayer in 35 Buddhas, uh, the opening line says, to all those uh, 35 Buddhas and others, as many Tathagatas, Arhats, perfectly completed Buddhas. Uh, my question is, is, in trying to visualize the merit field, is Arhats in there or... Is that the title, the Tathagata Arhat Perfectly Completed Buddhas? Um, it's on page 48 in our prayer book. It's not in mine. Hold on. I guess my question is, are we visualizing the Arhats within the confessional prayer or the 35 Buddhas that we see the common picture of? So which part are you talking about? Didala, Sopa, Jochu, Eji? This one? The first line. Of which part, though? The professional Okay, the second part, not the actual homages. So is it Didala, Sopa, Jochu, Eji, Tin, Tamche? Yes. This one? So the, in, the, in the English, it says, all those and others, as many Tathagatas, Arhats, and perfectly completed Buddhas as there are existing, sustaining. So the, que the question is what? Are there Arhats? Is that Tathagatas, Arhats, perfectly completed Buddhas three separate categories, or is it Tathagata, Arhat, perfectly completed Buddhas, one title? Okay, the, the Stasha Chua, the, the Tongsha, the Nangla, the the, then the Dadala Sopa Jutui Jitenji Kantanche Na. Then the Kongi Triwa Dejin Shepa Dajonpa Yandapa Zope Sanje. This Sum the Gom Jana, then Mikpa. Sum Mikpa Chik Mikpa. The Dejin Shepa Dajonpa Yandapa Zope Sanje. The La Chik Sum. That's how you kill Santana Dido. Okay, so this Rinpoche says are the excellent qualities you could think of one Buddha having. Uh, so the Tathagata, uh, when you look at this, uh, the Tathagata is an Arhat, uh, is a perfectly completed Buddha. So Rinpoche is saying that this is really referring to the excellent qualities. Uh, so the Tathagata, the Dejin Shepa, the Tathagata, Dejin Shepa, Dajomba, Yimba. So if you thought of a thousand Buddhas, they would represent, this would represent them, or one Buddha. Because all the Buddhas are Tathagatas, Arhats, and perfectly completed Buddhas. Then the Dajomba, the Teme Da Jomba Yomari. That was in your deep over, in your deep over, your deep over, so you need my book. So, you know, they gone Jana, they Kandun Chena, the Teme Da Jomba Sano Dangue. Timet Dajo was undone and diguises and the cause Hajiro Sanji. 
so the main basis here is the Buddha. So the, every Buddha that exists is a Tathagata, is an Arhat, is a perfectly completed Buddha. So I asked Rinpoche, in any case, are we thinking of a Hinayana Arhat in this case? Uh, he said that the main core of this point is speaking about a Buddha. But uh, an Arhat is just referring to a being who has destroyed the obstru afflictive obstructions. Uh, so a Hinayana Arhat would fall categorically into that. Um, so when looking at these words, that one word in there, arhat, could refer to other beings, but because we have these other words, tathagata, perfectly completed Buddha, it's primarily referring to the Buddha's excellent qualities of being a tathagata. Because tathagata means one thus gone, dejin shepa, gone, gone, one thus gone. So that's a quality. A foe destroyer, one who has destroyed a foe, that's a quality. Uh, perfectly completed, uh, that's a quality. So Rinpoche, that makes sense now in the translation. So those are really qualities of the Buddha. Or of a Buddha, of all Buddhas, but the only one of those words that could refer to a lesser vehicle would be arhat, because the other two words are necessarily fully completed Buddhas. Dixon, Seldu. Uh, so if you uh, go over uh, and do the prayer of the, con uh, the confession of downfalls, uh, it's very, very beneficial. Okay, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. I apologize, I didn't understand the question at first completely. We actually went over that before at the house. I forgot, sorry. All right. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise to Madhavadra as well with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful Abhulgateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in a great philosophical text with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Suji Rimchi Guti Shapitanala.